0: Welcome to the Mindset of Podcasting. I'm Jillian, and on this podcast, we talk about all things business, mindset, and podcasting. Podcasting is a great way to grow your business and allows you to be seen as an expert in your field. In each episode, I will be talking to an expert in a different area of business so that we can get all the tips to help grow your own business and podcast. So listen in. Welcome back to the Mindset of Podcasting. So today, let's talk about your finances. I know that can be a scary word for most people, and they don't even like to look at their finances or at their bank account or know where their money's going because it is scary, but... Abby, my guest today, is going to tell you why you should know. So my guest today is Abby Gallo. She's the founder and CEO of Terrain Bookkeeping, a bookkeeping and advisory firm that specializes in helping marketing and creative agencies gain greater profitability. Abby is a QuickBooks advanced pro advisor who started her career at a boutique PR agency in New York City. Having worked inside an agency herself, she's aware of the challenges and opportunities agency owners face and is passionate about helping them gain greater clarity around their books. So, please listen into this episode, especially if you know that your finances maybe need a little work. Hi, Abby. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How are you? I'm good.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So, to begin with, if you want to tell the listeners who you are and what do you bring to the world?
1: Sure. So, my name is Abby Gallo, uh, and I own Terrain Bookkeeping. We're a boutique bookkeeping firm that works primarily with consultants and with creative and marketing agencies. And we help them gain clarity on their business finances so that they can make important decisions for their
0: businesses. Awesome. Finances can be very scary to talk about. Yes. (laughs) So if we're not really on top of our finances in our business, where do we start with getting organized with them?
1: Yeah. So the first thing I would recommend is really to have um, some sort of software that you use for bookkeeping. So I, uh, with all my clients work with QuickBooks online, that's one of them. There's Xero is another one. Some people use Wave, Sage, there's a whole FreshBooks, there's a whole bunch of them out there. Um, But really getting everything into an online software will help you because you can automate it in a lot of ways. You can set connect it to your bank and really things will start to populate in there. You still have to go in and do a lot of things, set it up the right way. I would recommend if you don't know what you're doing um, to either take a class or have somebody help you set it up. You know, So at least you're starting out on the right foot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise it can get a little messy. Uh, these A lot of these softwares, they... They say that they're very user-friendly and they are to an extent, but there's also a large learning curve to a lot of them. So that's kind of where I would start. And also just, you know, making sure that you're keeping track of your, your expenses and keeping your receipts, uh, if not physically, then electronically and just, you know, making sure that you're separating your business from your personal. Those are like the big,
0: yes, big definitely, things. Definitely say. have <laughs> separate bank accounts so that you can keep it yeah, all organized. Yeah.
1: I know a lot of people don't realize that, you know, especially if they're a um, solopreneur that, you know, they have a sole proprietorship or they're the only person in their LLC. They don't necessarily think, you know, cause for tax purposes, it is, you know, you can kind of see how it would all be from, it's all treated as you as an individual oftentimes, but it can get messy. Uh, and actually if you are an LLC, Having a separate bank account and keeping your finances totally separate helps protect you from a liability. It's it's called piercing the corporate veil. If you kind of mingle the two together uh, and can leave you open to lawsuits and people going after your personal funds. So definitely something you want to avoid.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. Yes. So I have to admit, I still use Google spreadsheets to do all of my finances. As long as you're doing it, that's okay too. So I know you mentioned a bunch of programs, but what would you recommend for like a beginner who is not very equipped with all the technology, but wants to keep better track?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I mean, Google Sheets is a good thing to use, you know, just start with, you know, breaking out your income, what you have for your sales each month. And then, you know, below that your expenses and what you each month have, and then, you know, the one-off things that you have, keep keeping track of those. Um, If you can, there are no other templates online where you can, you know, have places to input all of that in the right spots for your taxes. So if you're going to do it manually, you know there are some templates that you can set up. But yeah, definitely keeping your income separate and then any expenses that you have, making sure that you track those. And then from there, you know you you have the incomes, to track your expenses, you get your profit uh, or net income as as we call it. So those are that's that's the very basic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, good. I'm keeping it simple right now until I get yeah. more advanced. So, how does keeping track of our finances actually help our business in the future?
1: yeah, so I think a lot of people look at bookkeeping as sort of a compliance, you know just doing it for mm-hmm. tax purposes, and a lot of people use it that way or you know they're just getting everything together last minute to send over their to their accountant so their their taxes can be filed right mm-hmm. but They're missing a big opportunity to really use their information to learn about their business and to motivate them and to make better decisions. So you can't manage what you don't measure, right? If you're not keyed into what you're making and what you're spending, then you don't know how you're doing. You don't know how much you can pay yourself. You may not be paying yourself, or at least not consistently. So there's all sorts of opportunities you can have from just looking at the numbers. I mean, I had a client who started working with me she didn't know if she was even making a profit. She just, it was a labor of love for her and she called it her not for profit business. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she was making a profit. We looked at it. She was, not a lot, but as she started seeing her numbers and one of the things I do with my clients is I meet with them on a monthly basis or quarterly basis to go over their finances. So I don't just send them the reports and say, here, good luck. We sit down, we go over it and review it and I make sure they understand it. And also we talk about how things could be improved. What could they change going forward? Uh, And one of the things that we did, she wanted to start doing some budgeting. Together we created a budget for the year. And after we started doing that in a a three-year span, her profit increased 138%. (laughs) So (laughs) it's, you know, by measuring that uh, and, and tracking against it regularly, she was able to check in and say, okay, well, this part of my business is doing well. This part's not so great. So maybe I should stop doing this, uh, you know, really to see what was working and what wasn't working and make changes so that she could have a better year the next year or the next quarter, even, you know, sometimes we wait too long and we, we do it at the end of the year and they're like, oh, that's good. good to know. But, <laughs> <Yes>. you know, <laughs> if you do it as you go, you have the opportunity to make changes, uh, you know, almost in real time. So I think that's, that's one opportunity or a lot. There are a lot of opportunities really that, that are left on the table. If you're not looking at all that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like I was looking at my expenses at the end of the year, of course, because I waited (laughs) and I was (laughs) paying for a program that I hadn't used in like six months. I'm like, why am I paying for this?
1: Yes. That is one thing I always check with my clients on is the the biggest categories, the software subscriptions. (laughs) They will get you because you sign up and they often don't send you a receipt. And they just keep charging you. And if you're not looking at it, it can add up over the course of a year or several years. So that's kind of one thing I like to do is uh, like a quarterly
0: software subscription audit. Like,
1: what are you still using? And what can we get rid of here that you don't really
0: need anymore, you know? Yes. That's a good thing to put into your quarterly planning is look at your finances. What can you get rid of? Absolutely. Yep.
1: Yes. And the other thing I would say that a lot of people don't do, and if you are doing it yourself um, and you have, you know, a software, or even if you're using a Google Sheet, is to to reconcile your what you have in your software or your sheet with what's in your bank account to make sure that you're not missing anything, to make sure that it matches so that you know that it's accurate. A lot of times people they're like, Oh, I have QuickBooks and it's in there, it's connected to my bank feed, I categorize it, but they don't know. If it's actually accurate, because they're not reconciling, they don't. You know, a lot of people don't know what reconciliation is, and that's that's fair. I, you know, at one point didn't either. It's just it's something that not a lot of people talk about. So it's just really making sure that that what you have in your software matches what yes. happened in your bank account.
0: It's very <laughs> yes. important. <laughs> yes, we don't always get receipts or write down the receipts when we get them. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you're doing it manually, especially, you can miss a lot of stuff. So it's mm-hmm. important. Yes.
0: I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about a site that has changed my podcast. Do you have a website for your podcast? Is just the thought of creating a website making you want to run and hide because it sounds so complicated? Then you need to check out Podpage. Podpage takes your RSS feed from your podcast and makes a site automatically for you. To check out some of the features, go to the slash sponsors. Not only do you get a main page for your podcast, but you also get a page for each episode. I am able to have my show notes, guest profile, podcast player, and so much more right on each episode page. I upgraded to the paid version because I can also incorporate guest forms, scheduling links, videos, email signups, and so much more. You can actually head over to my page to check it out. It's the themindsetofpodcasting.com. That is all made with PodPage. So Podpage makes having a website for your podcast so much easier. So go to the mindsetpodcasting.com slash sponsors to check them out today. So when do we know that it's time to actually hire a bookkeeper? <laughs> Well, I think, like I said, there's there's several different
1: stages that you can seek a bookkeeper's help. And, and one is kind of as you're starting out to get set up and, and potentially with training or help uh, to make sure everything's in the right order and going to the right places. Um, but I would say, you know, it, it's either, it, it can be kind of a monetary threshold, or it can just be when you're, when you feel like your time is better spent doing something else, right? It's as the business owner, your zone of genius is probably not in doing the books yourself, right? I mean, most business owners could do the books themselves, a lot of them do and they're totally fine at it, but a is it the best use of your time? Could you be using that time to bring in new clients and make more money or, you know, work with your team or something else that that's a little bit more fruitful? Or it's that, you know, they're just tired of doing it themselves or they're not doing it themselves. And even if they are doing it themselves, are they sure that it's the right, done the right way? Do you want to be spending the time doing it and, you know, learning how to do it? So with a bookkeeper, it's plug and play, basically, you know, they're ready to go. We've already got the base knowledge on how to do it all. It's just a matter of kind of turning over the reins and, and letting us take that over with your input and insight and, and all of that, obviously, it's not totally a hands-off experience because we still do need information from you on, you know, what certain expenses are for and, and all of that. But I would say, you know, for anyone who's just realizing that, you know, my time is better used somewhere else. Definitely once you get to, you know, a higher revenue level too, it makes it easier to, to bring on a bookkeeper, you know, 80 to 100,000 in uh, annual revenue. That's definitely a time where you want to say, "Okay, I think it's it's time now. I need, need to hand this off to somebody else." Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of the my recommendation or what I would look for if if I were a business owner.
0: Yeah,
1: I heard from a lot of people that it's sort of one of the first things that they see as being able to outsource, <laughs> along with social media. Bookkeeping seems to be one of those things that a lot of people think, "Okay, this could be something I could parcel off to somebody else, and I mm-hmm. could spend my time doing." Something else for the business.
0: Yes, my genius. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even person.
1: just spending more time with family, you know, mm-hmm. rather than spending the weekend before taxes are due, you know, punching yes. all
0: of it together, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think some people's hesitation to hiring a bookkeeper might be they're embarrassed by the look of their finances.
1: I've heard that before, which is so funny to me because. I mean, people come to us in all sorts of disarray and very few are well-organized, I will say. And there's no judgment here. I told someone else this. I was like, it's kind of like if you go to the doctor, like we're used to seeing it. It's not like your story is, you know, your your individual books are horrifying or (laughs) going to be an outlier. It's actually really common that a lot of people don't know how their books, what shape their books are in, or you know, how to manage the software. And they've signed up for it and they're like, oh no, now what do I do? You know? So it's very common, I would say. So do not be afraid. And we are here to help all the bookkeepers I talk to, we want to help business owners gain clarity around their finances. We want them to be successful because we think that small businesses are so important to our country, to the local economy, all of it, and, and just communities and individuals. Small businesses are the best. So we have to help support them. And that's why we want to help business owners make sure that they know how their finances are stacking up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we'll give them peace of mind so they can actually yeah. enjoy working on their business. Exactly, that's yeah. how. <laughs> Yeah, we, we want to relieve the burden. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on today. This was all yeah. very helpful. And thank I know you. bookkeeping is probably going to be something I outsource. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend it. <laughs> yes. Can you tell all the listeners how they can connect with you?
1: Sure. So you can go to my website, which is terrainbookkeeping.com, or Instagram is another place uh, at terrainbookkeeping. And those are probably the best. I'm also on LinkedIn, Abby Gallo. Look
0: me up there Yeah. <laughs> I will make sure all those are in the show notes. So awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you. Okay. So who needs to get their finances in order? I do use a Google Sheet right now. I don't have a super ton of finances in my business right now. As I don't actually use a lot of systems or programs and the ones I do are pretty easy to manage. So I do use my Google spreadsheet and I'll probably use that for a little while longer till my team continues to grow and then I really need to (laughs) outsource it to a bookkeeper. But keeping track of our finances are so important. Our business cannot grow if we do not know that we are actually making money or know what we're spending our money on. So even though it can be scary, please, please, please go sit down with your bank account and do your finances. Get that Google sheet out and sit down and write down your income and all the expenses you had. And then really look and see, do you need all those expenses or all those systems that you're actually using? Do you need them? If not, go hit the unsubscribe button so you can stop paying for them and wasting money. So please, please, please go look at your finances today. Your podcast tip of the week. I want to debunk three excuses that you have as to why you can't start a podcast. These are the three most common things I hear about why somebody can't start a podcast. They think it will take too much time. So starting a podcast is time consuming. You do need to have some time in your schedule to actually record. And then if you're producing it yourself behind the scenes, you do need to have time to edit, upload, make the social media graphics and all that. But there is an easy way to do it that saves you a little bit of time and that is batch recording. So you can work on your podcast one day a month. Take the whole day, record four episodes, get them all ready, and schedule them to go out. And then you're done. One day a month, all it takes, and then you are done for the month, and then you can do it again next month. So batch recording, batch editing, batch creating social media graphics, all the things will save you so much time. Another thing that I hear about why you can't start a podcast is not knowing where to start. So the best place to start is with your podcast name and topic, because once you come up with those things, it's easier to come up with content and easier to know what you're going to be talking about. Then you record your episode. I think all of us know how to use Zoom now with the pandemic. So record your episode in Zoom. Most of the time, it automatically downloads to your computer, especially if you have it set up that way. And that's really where you start. If you need some more help, maybe figuring out the tech behind it, what equipment to use and things like that, you can download my free launch guide over at JillianGrover.com that will help get you started. And then another thing I hear very commonly and probably the most common is what equipment do I need? A lot of people think that you need like a fancy studio. I'm going to tell you, you don't. I seriously have a $40 mic. This mic has worked great for me. I love it. It's giving me no issues. So really the equipment that you need is a microphone, headphones, and obviously a place to record, (laughs) a computer, a laptop, record in Zoom. But the headphones are mostly for guest interviews because you don't want the feedback from them talking. You don't want your mic to pick up that feedback. So having headphones will eliminate your mic picking up their feedback because that's really hard to edit out. And that's really all you need to start with. Like you can seriously start for under 50 bucks, microphone, headphones, and I'm sure you already have a laptop or computer if you are an online business owner. And that's it. Like those are the three most common things I hear about why you can't start a podcast and they shouldn't be hindering you from starting a podcast because- You can find out good equipment. Like I said, get my launch guide. It has an equipment guide in there. It also has the launch timeline so that you know how long your launch is gonna take and what you should be doing every week. And this will be a great place to get started. So an update for you. We have finally moved. (laughs) Now, I know I said a while ago that I was hoping we would be moved in already. (laughs) That did not happen. We officially moved on October 9th. So if you're listening to this podcast in real time, we moved two days ago. I think I told you like way over a month ago that I hope that we were moved already. Some things came up. We had a few setbacks, (laughs) but we have finally done it. We have moved. I'm still getting settled, still surrounded by boxes, still trying to, to get all the things situated, especially since we downgraded a lot. My kids did not get rid of as much as they should have. And now they're realizing they don't have space for something. So Planning on probably making a Salvation Army run this weekend to get rid of more stuff that they realize they can't fit in the new place. But I'm just happy to be here and be out of that limbo phase. You know that limbo phase in between moving, like you're packing, you're living out of boxes, you just want it to be over with. And I'm so glad to be out of that phase finally. So I want to thank you so much for joining me every week and listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. If you could leave a review, that would be awesome. You can also DM me on Instagram at Jillian Grover Podcast Solutions. Let me know your biggest takeaways from this episode. And also let me know what you'd like to hear on future episodes. And I will talk to you next week. So are you ready to start your podcast, but you don't even know where to begin? You need help getting the right equipment, setting up the tech, and managing all the things that come with having your own podcast. Well, the Podcast Launch Solution is your answer. The Podcast Launch Solution is an eight-module, self-paced course that walks you through every step of starting your podcast. So who is the Podcast Launch Solution for? It is for anyone who has a message they want to get out to the world. You have always wanted to start a podcast, but you felt lost on where to even begin. You want someone to walk you through step-by-step of how to start a podcast. And you also have some mindset issues that go with starting something new, and this program handles those too. There's also a private Facebook group for the program that I will be in every day answering your questions so that you never feel alone in this program. If you are ready to start your podcast, then go to the link in the show notes to get on the waitlist this program will open on september 12 2022 when you join the waitlist, you will get access to my podcast launch guide and monthly newsletter plus you'll be the first to know when the program opens and you also get a discount get on the waitlist and you could have a podcast by the end of the year